The Touchdown City Show is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at salangolaw.com. to you from the Stone Church Studio in St. Albans, West Virginia. Here's your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coborn and Derek Bailey. This is the Touchdown City Show. Welcome into the Touchdown City Show, presented by Selengo Law. I'm Anthony Lewis in the Stone Church Studio with Derek Bailey and Mr. Newsman, Michael Sussman. Avon has gone off. He's off on assignment this week. Hopefully he's looking for the defense. Yeah, hopefully he can track those guys down. But uh, West Virginia falls in Morgantown in front of 52,000 people, 55-42 on a wet night in Morgantown with some of the most uninspired football I've seen in quite some time. West Virginia starts the season 0-2 for the first time since 1979 when Frank Signetti was coaching there, and that was their first loss to Kansas uh, since 2000, I believe, in thir- 2013. I believe West Virginia lost in in Lawrence. So, tough night to be a Mountaineer fan. And let me throw this out there to you guys. Did Pitt beat you twice? That's what I feel like. I feel like Pitt beat them twice, got off to a great start. And uh, the defense, after the first possession, just just didn't perform at all. Like, there was nothing. I think they only forced one punt after the first possession. I believe they punted the first possession and once in the third and once oh. in the fourth. Okay, I only remember the once in the fourth right you know, right before West Virginia went down and tied the game. That's the only one I could remember in the second half. But it was a crazy day in college football all the way around. I mean, even with West Virginia's loss, um, which started out to be what I would I thought was going to be a crummy slate of football games um, other than – well, actually I thought Alabama and Texas was going to be a crummy game. There was a. There's always a Saturday that's good for that. Like you look at the slate and you're like, oh, it's going to be a miserable day. And then it turns out into chaos. That's what it was. It was just chaos yesterday. That's great. Yeah, one of the more wacky days that I remember ever. West Virginia loses to Kansas and Marshall beats Notre Dame on the road. It, did that really happen? Is it? I, I, it was hard to believe. Well, according to my social media, it happened. Oh, I know it happened. <laughs> it I happened. watched it. <laughs> And it's it, that's an interesting um, – and we'll get to that later in the show, but uh, that was an interesting football game at South Bend. Um, and there was some, some good games and upsets all across college football. We'll get to those. But, um, you know, one of the things that really kind of bothers me is the preseason rankings. I mean, what do they really mean these days? When you look at this, I mean, Notre Dame was eighth. The thing that gets me about the preseason rankings, all they are is for, like, in my opinion, they're for TV ratings and for, like, get you talking about it. Notre Dame, I said it before the season started, Notre Dame and Texas A&M were the two most overrated teams in the country. It showed yesterday. Th- those rankings mean nothing. They mean nothing. I mean, A&M goes down, you know, Ohio State, they were ranked, what, second, third? Third, I think. Last week. I don't know. I don't think um, – I don't I, – I, I'm kind of tired of the preseason rankings. I'm not a big fan of that. I know it's, it's, it's a marketing ploy for the first week of the season – but uh, but I'm over it. Hey, before we go to break, I do want to acknowledge um, this past weekend was the 
um, 9-11, 21 years since 9-11, and um, obviously a time to kind of reflect and pay tribute to the, those folks the, that lost their lives all across the country, but uh, especially want to acknowledge Chris Gray, former Mountaineer, was in one of the towers. He was a quarterback in the early 90s at West Virginia, and um, I don't know, I didn't go, did they do any type of tribute to him yesterday at the game? Not that I noticed. Yeah, I, I know from time to time they will. I know they had his family out there last year, but uh, pay our respects to Co- or, uh, to uh, Chris Gray. All right, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk in depth about West Virginia's loss to Kansas, and we'll do all that after this. The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Salango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Salango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at salangolaw.com. It's Mountaineer football season at Tony the Tailor. Tony the Tailor is the Valley's preeminent men's clothing store. Master Tailor Anthony Perizzino has assembled an extraordinary combination of world-renowned vendors and support staff with one goal in mind, to exceed your expectations. In addition to hand-tailored clothing, Tony the Tailor also sells quality WVU apparel from Johnny O to show your support for the Mountaineers. Use promo code Let's Go for 20% off WVU apparel at at bestmastertailor.com. At Summit Community Bank, we believe in making people our priority. We believe in personalized service and exceptional financial products and services that meet a diverse range of needs. So whether you're saving for college, first-time home shopping, planning for retirement, or managing a small business, Summit is committed to helping you live your best financial life. Visit www.mysummit.bank to learn more. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show, presented by Salango Law. I'm Anthony Lewis, joined by Derek Bailey, Michael Sussman today, Avon Coburn, off on assignment. I want to remind you guys, we have our very own Touchdown City promo code for our friends with our friends at sports fans you can check them out at sportsfans.com that's sports with an s fans with a z.com and use our promo code tdc10 for a discount on the sportsfans.com website all right let's dive into it actually i just want to sign off but that's okay <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it west virginia falls to kansas 55 42 first of all i want to um you know after the kid got beat up for a week you got to kind of give uh, tip your hat to Bryce Ford Wheaton. He was awesome, electric. It, yeah, congratulations to that kid for coming back because he played his butt off, and uh, the whole receiving core—they didn't drop a ball that I can recall. Good for them. That's the first time in a long time they yeah. haven't dropped a pass. Fourteen of fifteen, JT Daniels was passing in the first half, and they—they they were just on point. Everything seemed to be rolling according to script in that first half. And the issues really not on that side of the ball. Bryce Ford Wheaton finishes the night with 11 catches, 152 yards, two touchdowns, 84 yards in the yak category. The first, or the yeah, the first touchdown that catch and run was that was nice. He got that he got the corner and he was gone. Yeah, I mean, and and I listened to a little bit of his post game, and we'll get into some of that. But one of the things he said was, you know, he didn't get discouraged. He just went back to work, worked on the jugs machines, and I mean, 
Caden Prather looked good yesterday. The receiving core, A-plus if you're going to grade them out in my book. They, I thought they looked great. The catch he made to set up the tying touchdown two-point conversion was phenomenal, too. The sliding catch he made at the goal line, that was an unbelievable catch. Yeah, they tried to uh, – I thought they were going to take it away from us. Yeah. They're good at that. <laughs> it was yeah. awfully tight. I was standing about 10 yards away from that down on the field, and, and it, it was pretty clear. He got two arms underneath mm-hmm. it. The impressive play was the touchdown pass in the back of the end zone after that where JT kept the play alive and, and really showed off his skill set. Yeah, I thought yesterday um, the offense played again – well enough to win. My only gripe with the offense, I will say this, they scored six in the second half in the first, what, 28 and a half minutes. Still, you score 42 in a college football game, you, you, you've you done your job. Well, we always say the magic number for Neil Brown's what? 30. 30. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, you get 42, you should win the ball game. <laughs> um, we knew going into this that Kansas was a better football team. I think you alluded to it last week going into it. Um, and And – I'm not so sure that translated to the players and even the fans. I know the coach for Kansas is Leopold, Lance Leopold. He coached at Wisconsin Whitewater for like eight years. He won six national titles. I know it's Division Three, but it doesn't matter. He's a winner. He went to Buffalo, and he won the Mac East twice. Now, here's last year. This is last year's schedule. This, he's second season. They This is their schedule. South Dakota 17-14 win. Then Coastal Carolina, 49-22, Baylor, 45-7, Duke, 52-33, Iowa State, 59-7, Texas Tech, 41-14, Oklahoma, 35-23, Oklahoma State, 55-3, Kansas State, 35-10. Those were all losses. After that, they beat Texas, 57-56. They lost to TCU, 31-28. They lost to WVU, 34-28. This year, they beat Tennessee Tech, 56-10, and they beat WVU in overtime. In Morgantown. That is impressive improvement, and that's what you look for in your coaching staff. And for some reason, it's not materializing with the WVU staff right now. I thought West Virginia just looked uninspired. Yeah, I don't know what you call it, but it's got to get better. I mean, something's got to change, and it starts at the top. I thought they came out flat defensively. I thought the crowd, and I get it. I mean, it's Kansas, and people don't get excited about it. But at the same time, um, on third downs on the TV, the, the fans just sat. They don't yeah. make noise. It's third and long. That stuff, you know, you can't just get excited about LSU and the big games, Oklahoma. You, you've got to be loud consistently. That's what the great stadiums do. And I went, when I started going, you know, I started going to Mountaineer Field in 1988. In the, <laughs> in the 80s and the 90s, it was loud. And now on third down, it's just like people come to be entertained, and I'm, I don't know if that's just the world we live in now. It's like a, they're sitting and watching a play. And to expand on that point a little bit, I, it was 52,000 was the total attendance for a home opener. That's out of about 62, 63,000. And ideally, if you have that passion, you're going to sell out. That's your first look at your team in Milan Pushkar Stadium. And then the loyalty in the second half, too. A lot of those fans cleared out. And what to me was just a drizzle. It wasn't coming down too hard out there. Well, I think that basically translates to um, people losing faith. Yeah. The faith is lost. Let's just go ahead and call it what it is. It's lost. No one trusts the climb anymore. Um, Also want to kind of acknowledge JT Daniels. I mean, obviously two weeks in a row he's came out and performed well. Um, you You have to tip your hat to him. He hit nine receivers yesterday. And he had three receivers of long with long long receptions of 40, 30, and 20. So, getting the ball out, 
distributing it well and also some big plays, explosive plays. Big day for JT. Uh, I was, I want to touch on Mathis for – what's he looks slower this year to me. Like that delayed draw, there was a lot of room there at times, and it looked like he was just too slow getting to the hole. And, you know, I thought that uh, Donaldson, you know, it looked like he got the same amount of carries. It looks like they're kind of like already moving on, moving to Donaldson more than Mathis. And he looked slow to the hole. I couldn't believe it because last year he looked like he was more explosive. I don't have – actually, I've got the sheet over here. Mathis finished today. Let's look here. I believe he had 60 yards, 59 yards rushing, 16 carries, 59 yards, uh, three, almost four yards a carry. You know, you'd like to see that closer to five. But Donaldson, we only ran for 146 yards yesterday, which is not going to get it done. No. Because it reminded me of Dana Ball. A million yeah. yards passing, but yet you just couldn't quite control the game. Yeah. You it, know. And the defense was just bad. Well, and, and let's go ahead and start there. So, Kansas yesterday ran for 200 yards on West Virginia. That's a lot of yards in, in rushing, especially against a defense that I thought for the last three seasons has really kept West Virginia in most of the football games that they've been in. Stills didn't even record a tackle that I can recall. I believe he had one assist. That's I mean, that's – I, I I don't know if it's because of the quarterback's mobile. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to rush a, a mobile quarterback, and he is. And that, that's a week after you sack the quarterback five times against Pitt and only give up 76 rushing yards. They were gashed for 194 last night. Yeah, and and it was just – it was uninspiring, I thought. I mean, and I, let me comment on Kansas' quarterback. I thought he was the best player on the football field last night. That kid's pretty good. Jalen Daniels finished the yard with 219 yards passing. We – it was almost like – and this goes back to coaching. It was almost like we were totally not prepared, and these kids had never seen any of this offense on film before. And that might be the case. I mean, they might have just went out there and ran the ball against Tennessee Tech, but I don't know what West Virginia did. It obviously did not work. After you take the 14 nothing lead, you get outscored 55-28. to 28. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> it was that option, that that pitch they just they just couldn't adjust to it for some reason it's just a speed option i mean i know they've seen that before and they were they yeah they were running some speed up some triple option and and it it was kind of fun to watch because i like you know yeah and stuff like that but at the same time it's not new football no it's nothing new and it seemed like they would have start to adjust to that option and then uh and then they get bombed over the top Tight end run would run down the seam and catch a ball. I mean, they just totally looked unprepared. If I was going to grade the defense, I would just get them a, give them a straight-up F. Oh, it was bad. They, they were non-existent. Like I said, you give up 55. Well, we'll say 49 because the last one really is on the offense. But, I mean, you can't give up 49 points. You can't – you have to force punts and get off the field. I couldn't believe they Three couldn't. punts. That's unbelievable. Three punts. Um, again – Dumb stuff. False starts on the offensive line. Um, Roughing the passer was the biggest – might have been the biggest play of the game. Taj Alston, number 12. I mean, you, you've stopped him on third down. I thought it was a weak sauce call. Let me go ahead and say that. I thought it was kind of weak. But just – he had thrown the ball, just let him go. Don't even touch him. Here, here's my thing. Totally undisciplined. Again, D- back on the defensive yes. coaching. Yep. Yep. Back on – being and having a football IQ, you know it's third down. You just stopped him. Don't touch the quarterback. <laughs> That's the last thing. And you, you knock do. him down. Yeah. 
and again, just like last week, and I know targeting is not, um, you know, a lot of times things happen, helmets hit in same situation, though. You stopped them on third down. You're getting ready to get the ball back, and another stupid play keeps a drive alive, and they then they go right in and score. I'm also going to say this about targeting. I thought that was targeting again on the West Virginia receiver. What did that look like in the stadium to you? You were down on the field level. You could see it. Uh, the the one in the last possession of the game. I thought it was a target hitting uh, directly in the head. It, it kind of looked like the definition of targeting. That's, it was it was crown on crown, helmet on helmet. I mean, that's what it looked like. I I don't understand what targeting is anymore because they're not they're calling some, they're not calling others. I, that was a clear target to me. That's like the definition of the rule. Yeah, when I watched watched the replay of that. Um, it definitely looked like a target to me. And I think they were trying to say that because he was not defenseless. But the thing about it is they hit helmet to helmet. It was, I mean, it was plain as day. I don't get it. But, uh, but anyway, back to the stupid stuff. The false starts, the holding in critical situations, and then the roughing the passer. When you've stopped him, you're going to force him to kick a long field goal. Then you're getting the ball back in overtime to win it. I mean, you know, again – just like the drop last week against Ford Wheaton, I hate to point to one play because it's always a series of plays, but it's stupid stuff that will cost you football games. And let's just call it what it was. That was a stupid football game. Oh, it was play. terrible. Terrible. The, the, the special teams didn't help matters either. Uh, muff a punt. You, you score and kick the ball out of bounds. I mean, the kickoff out of bounds was absolutely embarrassing. You know, one of the later in the show, I want to – I want to get into the Neil Brown era in the regime and talk about four years of what we've seen there and if things have gotten any better. And that's the type of stuff I want to get into. Um, clearly, the muff punts, bad special teams play, um, those are things that come down to coaching. And and now I get it. Coach Brown wasn't out there fielding, a, fielding the punt, but kicking it out of bounds – I mean, he didn't kick it out of bounds. I mean, they're not. He obviously he's not telling them to do this stuff. We all know that. But I mean, it's consistent mistakes that are made week after week. This is the fourth year of it. I mean, it's got to change. Yeah. When it's a trend and it's a consistent lack of discipline, and you're blowing games left and right, that's an indictment on the coach. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from the locker room. Michael has a report. This is the sound of a rodent escaping from your mousetraps. This is the sound when you see them running in your home. Did you know, for every rodent you see, there could be hundreds you don't. There could be one in your kitchen cupboard, another under the fridge. Chances are, you don't want to know where the rest are hiding. Since 1963, Alford Home Solutions has been the local name you trust for pest control service. For a free estimate, visit AlfordHomeSolutions.com. It's time for a Labor Day tent event. This is our biggest event ever with the most cars and most offers. We've got four locations of inventory. Not only are we selling at our main lots, we've got tents at the Canal Mall and Plaza by Trojan Landing. With the best trade-in figures powered by Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer, you can get the best deals of the year. Every test drive is a chance to win $1,000. Buy a car and get your choice of $1,000 cash, no payments until 2023, 250 gallons of gas, or take a bigger discount. Just go to top34.com and see if you're yourself. Get more bank for your business with United Bank. Whether you'd like to start a business, purchase commercial real estate or equipment, United Bank can help. We support business development throughout our great state, making business and consumer loans and fueling opportunities. Small business owners' dreams come true and larger corporations grow. What can we do for your business? United Bank, West Virginia's bank. 
Proud to be united with the Mountaineers. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Hello, Mountaineer fans. This is Michael Sussman with the Touchdown City Week 2 Game Recap brought to you by Salango Law. The West Virginia Mountaineers dropped another heartbreaker at Milan Pushkar Stadium Saturday, falling to the Kansas Jayhawks 55-42 in overtime. West Virginia got off to a hot start, jumping out to a 21-7 lead early in the second quarter behind two touchdown passes from quarterback JT Daniels. Daniels was locked in from kickoff as the junior went 14-15 of 15 passing in the first half. Here's what he had to say on the hot start. Uh, yeah, I think we had a great plan, and they came out, did a lot of what they did, uh, showed on film in the first half. Um, in general, you know, we uh, we knew they were going to give us, you know, some more easy access throws, especially compared to last week. Uh, and I, I think we did a good job. We were on time. Uh, we ran good routes. We caught. Uh, you know, we did a good job catching, turning up field. Uh, in general, we just did a good job, I think, spreading it out. Um, and taking our easy access throws and moving the chains, and then, you know, guys break a tackle and they were going. Bryce Ford Wheaton put the Mountaineer offense ahead by two possessions at the 13-15 mark in the second quarter, going 67 yards to the house for his third touchdown reception of the year. The Daniels to Ford Wheaton combination has 249 yards and four TDs through just two weeks. Here's what the senior wideout had to say on their potential in the Big 12 this season. I don't really believe that there is a ceiling. I think that uh, our chemistry shows uh, week in and week out, and I think that it's going to keep on improving, and I think we're going to keep on having better results. Uh, I, you know, I go into every game, and I expect us to execute and win. Um, every game that we play, I think we prepare really well. Uh, I think Bryce is an elite player. I think the more you see Bryce getting the ball is, you know, it's the situation that's presenting itself for Bryce. I think it's anytime KP has, KP is the guy, KP has a chance. Like KP can put up the exact same numbers. I think anytime Sam has the chance, Sam's the guy for the play call. Uh, Sam's going to put up those numbers. Um, really, Mike O, uh, every, everyone in this offense, I think, has a, you know, is our, we have a lot of really, really good football players that can win their one-on-ones, that learn the system, that do the right thing over and over again. Um, you know, Bryce is a guy that's done it a lot, uh, and it's shown in game time, and I think you'll just keep seeing it with, from the other guys. The Jayhawks would rally with three touchdown drives in the second quarter to take a 28-21 deficit into the locker room. Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels was electric all night, throwing for 213 yards and three TDs while running for 85. One week after holding the Pittsburgh Panthers to just 76 yards rushing, the West Virginia defense allowed 194 yards on the ground to the Jayhawks. Mountaineer head coach Neil Brown on his defensive line struggles. Well, what they did is they played a lot. They, were, they made you play the field horizontally and vertically. You know, and, and horizontally what they did is they used motion. They got to three backs a lot. Um, and they, they did a really good job keeping us off balance. They ran inside zone. They ran outside zone. They ran counter. They ran a little belly scheme. Um, and then they were good enough throwing the football where we couldn't load up the box. You know, they hit us on uh, three shot plays. Um, but they did a really good job mixing it up. And they did a good job of arcing the tight end and then cutting off the backside with the tight end. And um, we missed tackles, but we didn't win up front like we are capable of winning. And I can't give you more until I watch the tape. In totality, the West Virginia defense surrendered 501 yards and five touchdowns. Here's more from Coach Brown on the defensive mistakes that led to an unexpected Week 2 loss. 
You know, I, I, I don't know, Mike, when you, you, when you look back at it, we didn't play well enough to win the game defensively. That's, that's really accurate, okay? Um, was it because we weren't ready to play? I don't know. We were offensively. Uh, we did some, you know, pretty good things special teams-wise other than dropping the, dropping the punt. Um, but we didn't play defense well enough. And so we've got to assume that we weren't ready to play on that side of the ball. We didn't tackle. That's two weeks in a row that we did not tackle well enough. Um, now, I knew coming in the game we were going to have some issues with them. You know, so, like, um, I didn't think that they'd punt the ball, you know, twice or whatever they did, and we'd only get off the field. That, that's not what I thought, but I knew we were going to have some issues um, because the quarterback's a good player. He's a really good player. And they put some stress on you. Um, how they how they go about attacking you. So I knew we were going to have some issues, but I thought we would win enough battles up front that we could get them in some second and third and longs. We never did. We, we very few second and third longs all night. West Virginia made a pivotal mistake with the game tied at 28 at the 136 mark late in the third quarter when returner Reese Smith muffed a punt deep in Mountaineer territory to set up a go-ahead Jayhawk touchdown. You know that that was the drop punt was was a big play. Um, but common themes when you lose close games are, are turnovers. And, you know, even, even if this was a, you know, a track meet, you know, we still, we still would have been right in, you know, we still would have won the game if we don't turn the ball over. You know, we got to stop on defense. We got to finally got them to punt. And, and we had a chance to go really kind of grab control of the game and then they take the lead. The Mountaineers trailed at 42-34 with 1.42 left in the ballgame, and JT Daniels led the West Virginia offense with an 85-yard drive down the field to bring West Virginia within two. JT capped off the drive with an impressive touchdown strike to Bryce Ford Wheaton, who had this to say about the play. Originally it wasn't there. You know, they dropped the DB back, and uh, the original play wasn't there. But uh, when I look back at JT, he was still, um, he was still, he saw the ball, he was looking my way. So I kind of scrambled out a little bit, and I just sat right there. He just threw, the, threw a strike, and I was just wide open, so just caught it. Then West Virginia tied the game on a successful two-point conversion to force a rainy overtime at Milan Pushgar Stadium. The Jayhawks would get the ball first and took a 49-42 advantage behind Jalen Daniels' third touchdown pass of the night. And on the ensuing drive, an untimely turnover would do in the Mountaineers for a second straight week as JT Daniels threw a pick six to Kansas defensive back Kobe Bryant to end the game. Uh, it was just base cover one. Uh, they played it a lot on third down. We had hit Bryce on that Omaha earlier, and I think really in that same exact position. Um, I think that corner did a really good job, uh, number two. Uh, he, he did a great job. He jumped it. Uh, you know, you give credit where it's due. I wish it didn't happen at that time. It's one of two plays I wish I had back. Uh, but that's, you know, it's the name of the game. You know, it's a, it's a crazy sport. You can play really, really well up until the end, and then one play can, you know, really decide a game. With the loss, the Mountaineers fall to 0-2 overall, and here is what Coach Neil Brown had to say at the podium afterwards. Not, not a whole lot to say there. Um, on a day that really should have been a celebration for West Virginia fans everywhere with hugs going in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I apologize to our fans. Not, it, not good enough. Um, credit Kansas, they won the game. Um, two turnovers were the difference. We played well enough to win on offense. Defense, we couldn't get off the field. You know, I think we got off the field twice all night. First series of the game and then the last series of regulation. Following last night's loss, Neil Brown's career record at West Virginia now sits at a lackluster 17-20 and 20 overall. 
And with two gut-wrenching losses to start the season, plenty of uncertainty surrounds this Mountaineer program as it continues through its 2022 slate. Here's what Coach Brown had to say when I asked him about the dwindling belief in the Mountaineer football program statewide. Yeah, uh, I get the disappointment. You know, we lose two games right there at the end, both games. Um, you know, one in overtime and one right at their end where, you know, we're, we're driving to tie the game up. And so um, I get frustration. You know, so I can promise you now there's nobody more frustrated than me. You know, not that that's going to make them feel any better, um, but I get the I get the frustration. They showed up. I thought they were loud at the at the appropriate times today. They they held in there through the rain. The students were were there in big numbers early on, um, and so it's like I, it's like I told our 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 team is we're two games into this, you know, and neither game was a result we wanted it to be, but it's a long year, and um, we're going to get better. We're going to get better. Uh, we have to get better. There's only one way to do it. You go back to work. We'll go back to work tomorrow. But I get the frustration. I get the frustration. But I can tell you it's not going to be from lack of effort. That'll do it for this week's Touchdown City Recap brought to you by Salango Law. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. I'm Anthony Lewis in the studio with Derek Bailey, Michael Sussman. And um, gentlemen, obviously we just heard from Coach Brown and the players after the game. But immediately, well, let me, let's back up to last season. Michael, you weren't here for it. But at the end of the year when it was very mediocre, and I believe at the time they were probably like four and whatever, I said to everyone, and I said it on this show, and I've said it on Dave Weekly's show, I've said it everywhere I had an opportunity to say it, if he loses to Pitt, people are going to call for his head. Now, the way that they lost doesn't really fall on him, although people were upset about the fourth down call, but – you lose the pit and you lose the Kansas. The climb is over. Is the climb over? Is what I'm asking you. In my opinion, the climb is over, and I don't think it ever really got started. I mean, I'm Neil's a he's he seems like a really good dude. I want Neil Brown to be successful, but I mean, it's just not materializing at WVU right now. He's 17 and 20. We, I mean, every every week. Every week now for four years in a row, they've made the same mistakes over and over and over, and no changes. Like, the receivers drop balls against Pitt. That cost them the game. Last night against Kansas, the special teams were bad. The defense was porous. It's like it's gone from losing 24 to 17 to losing 45 to 38 now, and it hasn't changed. It's still bad football. Not bad football, but just not fundamental football with in its major mistakes at crucial times. Nothing's changing, and – Quite frankly, we're talking about the rest of the season. They're 0-2. Where's the wins? Who are they going to beat? Remaining on the schedule, as I look across the room here, Taos and Virginia Tech. You know, at first I thought the way they played against Pittsburgh, I thought, well, we, we lost, but we can go to Tech and win. Mm, Tech, I don't know. Tech beat Boston College last night. I don't think there's a sure win on there aside from Towson. What I saw out of Texas yesterday, there's no way. What I saw out of Oklahoma that now Oklahoma was up seven to three against Kent State, but we've West Virginia's never beat Oklahoma since joining the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State, there's no way down there. There's no way. Is that in that game in, in Stillwater? The only game in my opinion that they can win in the Big Twelve right now is possibly TCU or Kansas State at home, and Kansas State looked pretty good yesterday. And TCU's two and zero. And Texas Tech owns him. As, and Texas Tech beat Houston at home yesterday. He's never beat Texas Tech. Where's the wins? Where are the wins going to come from? He's 17 and 20, 
And I mean, the climb really, there's no trusting the climb anymore. It's man, you got to win, win some games, do something. It's not, it's not materializing. And like you said, it really never got started. A few years ago, I went and covered the 20 to 14 win over JMU and FCS school to start his whole career. And we had Missouri the next week on the road. I remember we ended up getting blown out. But I asked him a question, like, next week, what do you expect? And he said, slow down, we're just going to enjoy this one. And I'm thinking, man, enjoy this one? Yeah, and that was the 38-7 game. Missouri beat them 38-7. You beat an FCS team by six. From the start, the standard has been low, and it's been a messaging around a rebuild and there's never been tangible results, not once. Do you think we've gotten better since beating JMU 20-14? to 14? I don't think so. Where's the improvement? That's what I keep asking. Where's the improvement for West Virginia? And you can say quarterback. Okay, they got to transfer in, and he's just a better player. I mean, he's just a better football player than Daigie, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just – but where's the improvement been? There's really no improvement anywhere. The offensive line is still struggling bad. They get bad false starts, holding – it's just, it's a mess. It's not good. And why did the best three players at every level of our defense all transfer? That's that's another question. I mean, they may have got money, but I mean, at, at the same time, Mesador was going to, I mean, he was going to play a ton. He's not even playing really at Miami, is he? No. Tyke Smith and All-Americans gone. Josh yeah. Chandler, Samito. If those three guys are there yesterday, it's a little bit different result. Yeah. But that's a ref- reflection on the head coach, too. Yeah, I, I have to 100% agree. And these it's not even like these guys went places where they were going to start. A lot of these guys have gone other places and literally sit in the bench. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's an ugly – I mean, he's got to win. You have to win. And no one, no one wants you to win more than the fan base. The fan base is passionate. They want you to win. It doesn't matter who's coaching WVU. Every fan wants you to be the, the greatest coach in the history of the sport. But for whatever reason – it's not working. I mean, and it's 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 time to look at the at the head man if it wasn't already. You know, I always think the word when we talk about fans. I, a lot of times, and this is no disrespect because there's there's a lot of really smart fans out there, but fan is short for fanatical, and they're very passionate and loyal to a fault, and their loyalty lies with West Virginia. So sometimes they don't see things clearly, but at the same time, I feel like they're right. The fans are. It's it's they're right right now they are right and they have every right to be upset because West Virginia's sitting at zero and two for the first time since before Don Nealon was the head football coach and that's saying something and pick out two losses on the schedule that you absolutely cannot drop I'd say you obviously can't lose to Pitt and then Kansas at home that, that those are two pretty embarrassing losses. Especially when they're right there for the taking. And here's 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 my thing about head coaches. Okay, I've known and I've, I worked for two when I worked at West Virginia. I know several guys that are now head coaches that are friends. Your football team reflects the attitude and the demeanor of your head football coach. Neil Brown's a super nice guy, and our football team is very super nice. They there's nothing hard edge, blue pale, tough. And and people may want to well you're you know you're talking about these college there there's nothing mean or tough about these kids and 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 I think it comes from the top it's not a disrespect to the kids because obviously they're they're good they're great athletes but there's no hard edge and that sounds like a Rich Rod thing but the team reflected Rich Rodriguez and while Coach Nealon would tell you all these things about hot fudge Sundays and all this fun stuff up front. <laughs> I knew the coach Nealon behind the scenes, and he was um, 
he was tough, rough and tumble and blue collar and wanted his football team to be tough. But on the defensive side of the ball, you had Bill Kralavage, who was as rough and tough as it came. And you had tough coaches. I just don't think this team's a very tough football team. The, I don't think they're going to fight you. It looks like they they lack mental toughness. It's what it really looks like. Because, like, last night when you jump out to the 14 nothing lead and you get up real quick, you're like, oh, man, they maybe, you know, they're going to blow Kansas out. Well, then the defense gives up a, t- a quick touchdown. Then the offense goes back down the scores, and then the defense just falls completely apart and just gives up. It's like they just all of a sudden just kind of like, well, there's nothing we can do. Let's just they're just going to score. So, oh well. And well, the, here's the thing: the, the tone has been set. Nebraska made a move, so the the tone. Things, it's, Auburn Auburn's probably going to be looking. Auburn barely beat San Jose. There's going to be a lot of openings, and I mean, there's going to be some coaches obviously that are young and hungry that are getting good wins, and you, you have. I mean. I don't know that WVU has ever fired a coach midseason. I don't think they have. I don't think that's something that they normally do. No. But if you're looking at the schedule, you beat Towson, you lose at Virginia Tech, you lose at Texas, and you're one and four with Baylor coming. I mean, what do you, you know? The fan base is getting restless. The fan base has been restless most of most of them after the pit game. I just, I, I mean, you have to make a move sooner or later unless he can right the ship, and I just don't have any hope for that right now. Thirty-seven games into it, seventeen and twenty. Um, just, just for the for the measuring stick, we fired Bill Stewart, and he was twenty-six and eleven at this point in his tenure. Wow, that's hard to fathom. And the thing about Neil Brown is, what does he bring to the table? Supposedly, he's some special teams guru. We make mistakes here and there, though that unit's looked solid at times. But when he called the plays last year, it was an absolute disaster. He doesn't call the defense. And, and like you just mentioned, he just he doesn't have that edge about him. And it, 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 you're hard-pressed to really find anything that he, he contributes in that role. I, I mean, it, it's bad. I, yeah, I mean, there's that's perfectly said right there. I mean, well, again, 30, 37 games into it. It's got a, a below 500, but um, – I tell you what, let's take a break. Crazy day around college football. We got some uh, Coach Huggins in the Hall of Fame and some other things to acknowledge, and we'll do all of that after this. Where do you go to buy your sports memorabilia? Hmm. Your answer needs to be Sports Fans in Taze Valley. Sports Fans has WVU and Marshall shirts, hats, autographed merchandise, gifts, and more. NBA, MLB, NFL, and other NCAA teams. Shop in store at Liberty Square in Taze Valley and online at Sports with an S, Fans with a Z, WV.com. Sports Fans, the Canal Valley source for all things sports. Hey guys, it's buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And guess what? You're going to be a dad? What? No. It's boneless Thursdays, which means free wings. (laughs) You'd be a great dad. Buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one of equal value free at participating locations for a limited time. While supplies last, limit one, not valid with other offers, size exclusions apply, delivery and takeout valid on Buffalo Wild Wings website or app. may apply. You've been in an accident. It's time to call Warner Law Offices. We've recovered millions and millions of dollars for car accident victims. Don't settle for the insurance company's low offer. Call us today. No upfront cost, free consultation, and no fees until we win your case. Warner Law Offices, when you need justice. Bobby Warner, now's the time. Call 345-6789. 
Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show presented by Salingo Law. And thank you guys for joining us and tuning in and downloading the show and all that fun stuff. But I want to remind you guys that this weekend will be in uh, Morgantown. Uh, unfortunately. No, I'm kidding. It'll be a good time. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't even matter. Listen, I've sat through a lot of bad seasons. And and I've been, like I said, I've been going since 1988. And I sat through a four and seven season one year. We lost the Navy at home. So I, I, I like to go. I still like to go have a good time. And so we're going to do that this weekend. We'll be having a tailgate that's open to all of our listeners. We want you guys to stop by and see us. It's right by the stadium. Swing by our Facebook page and find our event. It's called the official tailgate of the Touchdown City Show. It's right there on Don Nealon Drive, right beside the stadium. So stop by. We start about 9.30 in the morning on Saturday. Stop by and see us. So now I'm going to pitch it over to Michael. He's got some headlines from around the country from yesterday that uh, he wants to go through with us. Yeah, Anthony, uh, to start off, some sad news. Former WVU head football coach Frank Signetti passes away at 84. Uh, Definitely a legend in the Mountaineer record books. So, Coach Signetti, um, you know, kind of he, – he had to take over after Coach Bowden left. Um, he was on the staff with Bowden. They go down and beat NC State in the Peach Bowl, and then Bowden takes off to Florida State, so he inherits the West Virginia football team. Uh, historically, uh, his record didn't reflect the type of man and coach he was. He's very well-respected, and obviously his kids are uh, coaching football now. One's at Pitt, one's at um, – James Madison. James Madison. But uh, he was able to lure, with the help of some political influence, uh, Robert Alexander to West Virginia University. And obviously, uh, I believe they ran like a veer or something, and it just didn't match with Robert's style, and he didn't have a lot of success there. But uh, it was unfortunate to see that the, that the coach had passed away yesterday, uh, especially on a, on a he, game day. He had success at his alma maters, like IU, IUP, IUP or something. Indiana University of Pennsylvania. He won like 164 games there or something. He did well there. Yeah. I think he, did he, he might be College Football Hall of Fame. I believe he is. I think he, I think he maybe did because yeah. he was the winningest coach at that school and everything. I think yeah. he's a college football Hall of Famer. Yeah. Speaking of college sports Hall of Fames, long overdue Huggy Bear Bob Huggins inducted into the College Basketball Hall. And uh, it was just a great celebration at the stadium. Congrats, Hugs. So I thought it was interesting. He didn't get to wear his pullover with the uh... – Parmar logo. He he was suited and suited up yesterday. He looked good. He had to. He had to wear that suit. Thank God it wasn't that gold mustard when he wore that one. (laughs) I've heard that he 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 claims he threw that suit in a dumpster. He he should have. (laughs) But uh, yeah, long overdue. I thought he probably should have been in a few years ago. And had Kenyon Martin not broke his foot, I believe they win a national championship that year. And and Hugs gets in years ago, but that's uh, that's the only re- that's the only thing he's missing on his resume. Yeah, and and I don't know if he'll get it at West Virginia, and I hope he does. But um, you know that that team with Martin that was it ninety two ninety three oh, the ninety two ninety three team was Nick Van Exel, the Kenyon Martin team was like two thousand two thousand one. Oh, I've got it. Okay, I've got it flipped. Or ninety nine two thousand ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, Van Exel in the, the. I mean, he was loaded at Cincinnati and had it rolling yeah. for years out there, and of course. Had, and the, the jobs before Cincinnati, he won. So everywhere mm-hmm. he's been, he's won. Obviously, uh, a legend, 900 wins. And if he sticks around long enough, West Virginia, I think he can hit a thousand. I mean, it, ta- it would take about four more years to get roughly, there. Roughly, yeah, roughly, because he's got about 920 or so. I think he's at 914. 914, yeah. But uh, yeah, what a what a big day for Coach Hogs. 
And then Jimbo Fisher making some interesting headlines, especially with Neil Brown potentially on the hot seat when I believe it was a local TV station asked him if there was ever a chance that he'd end up back in West Virginia as the head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers. He said, you never say never in the coaching industry. Home is home. Anything to that? No. <laughs> He's got a $30 million payroll at Texas A&M, lost to Appalachian State. Do we really want him? <laughs> no. There's probably nothing to it. This probably means, like, down the road is my take on it, like five, six years from now after his contract's over at A&M and if they won't have him back or if he's fired, something like that. But Kind of like, like when LeBron first went to Miami and he wouldn't completely shut that Cleveland door, yeah, but it was, right. it was down the pike. Yeah, it, it, I think it means from some years from now. I think it means you never know what's going to happen in right. this business. Exactly. And, um, you know, who would have ever thought Mac Brown would be back at North Carolina? They ran him out on a rail. You know what I mean? So you never say never in this business, and he's right. Is he looking to come back to West Virginia? Absolutely not. And then with whatever happens, if Coach Brown is fired or whatever happens this year at West Virginia, I don't see him running back to West Virginia next year. So if for all of you that are upset out there, stop tweeting at Jimbo. He's not coming home anytime soon. So just calm down. And then as part of a wacky day in college football, the Alabama Crimson Tide survived Texas 20-19 to in Austin. Does this say more about Bama, the number one ranked team in the nation, or the Longhorns? Are, are they back? I thought Texas played well up front. I thought, they, I thought Alabama was going to whip Texas up front, and those Texas kids held their own. Kudos to them. Uh, if uh, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, I think Texas wins yesterday. That quarterback for Texas looked fantastic early. He did get hurt, unfortunately. I'd like to see what they look like as the game progressed with him as the game progressed with him in the game. But uh, I think it speaks more about Alabama. I mean, you know, Texas came out there. Texas has talent. Everybody knows that. I don't know if they're back or not. That remains to be seen. Alabama just finds ways to win football games. They went into a hostile environment and got a huge win. I mean, you hate to say it, but that's probably going to be a wake-up call for him. And then Pitt falls to Tennessee 34-24 to at Acrisure Stadium. Uh, a week after the backyard brawl defeat, I, I say this probably makes West Virginia look even worse. I don't know if that's even possible. Your all's impressions on that one. Well, obviously Pitt needs West Virginia to fill that stadium up because it was empty yesterday. I thought Pitt looked um, pretty good at first. But then, you know, again, when I watched him play, I just thought what a lost opportunity for West Virginia. Tennessee Tennessee knocked out a couple of their quarterbacks. They knocked out Slovis. And, well, they didn't knock the second guy out, but they hurt him too. They couldn't protect the passer. So that might be a bad sign going forward for WVU. Sacking him five times might not mean much. And then the unthinkable happens. Marshall goes on the road and knocks off the number eight-ranked Notre Dame Irish 26-21. to Prepare for herd fans to be insufferable for some time to come. But I think we got to let them enjoy it a little bit. Just how about the herd yesterday? Excellent win. Probably the win, biggest win in Marshall history. Uh, good for them. I think the whole state of West Virginia was cheering for them yesterday. I don't have any issues with Marshall. Anytime you can beat Notre Dame, I'm all for it. Congratulations to Marshall. And I'm, I'm not trying to take away from Marshall's win, but I continue to tell people because I follow college football religiously, Notre Dame's irrelevant. I'm tired of hearing Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not Notre Dame of 1990. Notre Dame since 94 has been irrelevant, and they continue to get ranked in the top five, and they continue to disappoint. So, WVU trying to bounce back this Saturday against Towson. 
Uh, a little bit of, of what you would expect to be a cupcake uh, against an FCS opponent. Do the Mountaineers turn it around? Are we feeling better at this time next week? I don't know what to expect. I know that um, West Virginia has to kind of use Saturday to get better. I mean, at this point, you're really putting Band-Aids on a, a, a cut artery. Um, they've got to get better on Saturday. I don't know what to expect. I expect them to win, but I, if they go out and win – 21-17, we've clearly got issues. Can this football team take anybody lightly? That's the question. If they take Towson lightly, they're liable to lose. I don't even know what Towson has. I think they're 2-0. and I think they beat Morgan State, and uh, they beat somebody else. I don't even remember who it was. But this team can't take anyone lightly. I mean, you got beat by Kansas, and really after the first couple drives, Kansas blew your doors off. So they better take this game serious, and they better win because – there's not going to be very many wins on that schedule the way it's looking right now. After an embarrassing performance yesterday, I want to see the defensive line come out like some rabid dogs off the leash. How about you guys? What do you want to see? I want to see the defense show up. I mean, clearly they were invisible yesterday. I want to see them prepared. That defense is talented. There's talented kids on that side of the ball, and they did not play well yesterday. So they've got to rebound because if they don't hold it together, it's going to be like 2013 or 2012 when you had Geno and Stedman and Tavon, and you just couldn't stop anybody. I want to see complete domination. That's what I want to see. I want to see the offense, defense, and special teams. I don't want to see any mistakes and, like, major mistakes in those parts of the game. I want to see them complete – I want to see, like, a 56 nothing win where you play everybody. Yeah, I'd like to be able to leave at halftime so I can get I'd, back down the road. I'd like to see it be ugly early. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thanks for coming in today. I appreciate you guys uh, – listening and for the podcast listeners thanks for downloading the show and for the radio listeners thanks for tuning in tonight and don't forget to come and see us at the touchdown city tailgate right on don nealon drive again you can swing by our facebook page and check that out uh the address is on there and literally just walk in we'll have koozies t-shirts uh it's byob i'm not supplying everybody's drinks sorry <laughs> might need a lot of those yeah but uh please come by and see us and uh don't forget to stop by your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the touchdown city show uh for michael sussman and Derek bailey i'm anthony lewis and we'll see you next week the touchdown city show is presented by salango law get your touchdown city merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com the Touchdown City Show is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail.